clearly we're talking here about Vince Arena and Jake Charman. We, now you've got you've got the the trainer element, as you said. So you're going to have a very limber team, very very fit, well conditioned. Then you're going to have the goal kicking prowess of a Jake Charman. What about the big stuff? You know, like which of them is going to make the boardroom calls around selection decisions? Which one's holding the board and yelling at the team when the team needs a bake at halftime? Who's going to do well, that? Well, I think I think Vin will have to be the one who's like pointing at the board and Jake will have to hold it unless we get <laughs> Vinny a, a, a step stool to be a little bit taller. <laughs> It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem. Welcome to the Nodcast. We're back and it's not quite as long as it was last time. So it's fantastic to have you all. It's a very exciting time down at the Nodders at the moment, particularly for a couple of the podcast hosts as we studiously prepare for a big grand final this week. Um, plenty going on down at Nodland. So I... Made some changes to the lineup tonight. I'll first of all introduce the co-host for this evening, the ever-reliable, very accurate when it comes to his coaching ability, Jake Charman. Jake, welcome to the Nodcast as always. Thanks, Steve, for having me. It's nice, you know, having the just probably the best two hosts tonight and, you know, Rob's unavailable, which is good. It's funny, isn't it? Pointy end of the season, the couple of games to go, one's fighting for final selection, suddenly finds himself a bit busy for the Nodcast, just focusing a little bit more on his football, which which is a good thing to see from the senior captain, but obviously not good at all for the listeners out there. But they'll have to make do with us. And, of course, our other uh, well, our special guest for tonight, but I guess we're going to call them an honorary co-host. Um, this particular person is very much spoken about on the Nodcast, one of our absolute favourites, but also was announced this week uh, over the social channels and through the emails that won't be going on next year in their current position. And so we had to get her back for one more time before we lose the contractual rights to force her onto the Nodcast. Um, I speak, of course, about the women's reserves coach, Georgia Anderson. Georgia, welcome to the Nodcast. Thank you very much. I've got a bit of a sore throat from all the celebrations on the weekend, but ready to go. Excited. Let, let's just um, let's just start off with the, the big one. Um, not going on again next year. To the the coaching ranks, undefeated home and away season as well. So, bit a bit of a sort of, I don't know. Probably not the outcome you're looking for. We'll get to the girls a little bit later, but just weren't tempted to go around again and just try and knock off that flag. No, so I let Maddie know probably early oh, early July, probably late June, around that area, that I wasn't going to go on again. And I actually didn't think we we're going to go undefeated. I thought we we're going to maybe lose one or two. I wish we lost one or two in the home and away season and not straight sets in the finals, but it is what it is. And yeah, glad that I finished with well, 14 wins at the end of the, at the end of the day, rather than, you know, a really poor season overall. Definitely. It was a very exciting year um, on the field and we, we very much enjoyed rocking up every Monday, having a look at the scores and seeing how you've went 80 to nothing again. Um, pretty, pretty rare for a, a women's team. Um, what's your, as you, as you kind of leave the, the girls program, what's the, I don't know, I'm sure you leave it in a much better place than you found it, but what's kind of a couple of the highlights of, of your time in the coaching ranks? Um, I think I'm pretty lucky when I came in, it was the, after the 2018 season, which was probably not the best overall. We sort of got bumped up into a wrong division and they didn't win many games. So heading into coaching the female type, like squads, I just wanted to win win one game, kick a goal because that really wasn't happening the year before. And like it was good overall. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is screwed. Um, it was good overall to get the girls out and absolutely kill it in our first game as a coach. So that's still probably my highlight. Um, Craig Todd, the runner, burst into tears when his daughter kicked her first goal. That's another highlight. Um, but, yeah, overall, just to see the girls out in the park and to have big numbers, especially from year two to year three, so the 2018-2019 season. Yeah, oh, very good. And you pulled the boots on for the last game of the home and away season. I hear that didn't, yeah. didn't make it into the into the highlight reel. No, nah, look, I've been telling everyone I was going to pull the boots on for about three, four years. Um, after I infamously retired straight after the grand final. 
Um, but yeah, I was just mucking around. I knew it was my last season as coach, so I thought I'll stuff it, I'll do it. Narelle and I got on the drink one night and made a pact that we'd do it together because we never actually got to play together. So that was pretty funny. I hadn't trained for about five years, hadn't really kicked. I thought I was going to pull a hamstring in the warm up. But as soon as I kicked a goal after half time, once the seniors gone away and there was no pressure anymore, I um, pulled myself off and went back into coaching. <laughs> Fantastic. And how did the body pull up after being a few years since you donned them? How did the body pull up after the game? Yeah, no good. I actually was so sore I couldn't climb up the ladder at work the next day and actually fell off and broke my arm. So it oh, really no. wasn't oh. too good. It was, um, yeah, I just couldn't move my legs. My legs were so sore and, yeah, couldn't push up off the ladder and went down holding the ladder. So, yeah, could oh, broken arm with a, with a sore body. That was pretty funny. But <laughs> in hindsight, I had fun. So, Oh, that's was, good. Was and, it worth and, it? Yes, no. And, <laughs> it's always worth it. And you and Narelle both kicked a goal, didn't you? In the yeah, last so game? we both kicked a goal. Um, Do you talk that down good. to the goal-kicking coach or is that more about you oh, guys? Oh, Absolutely. 100%. Jake's got it absolutely covered down there. Any Anything he touches turns to gold. I might have touched Jake, so... Don't know about that, credit. Jake. I'll take it. I'll take it. it, it is, you're saying very quiet, Jake. Is there... I'm just wondering if, if you're kind of just sitting there writing the CV for the application for George's job next year or what's going on? Not, not getting a lot uh, out of you. Tonight. I don't know. Is it... There's a bit in the pipeline, but I don't want to release all my secrets too early. You know, um, I let Georgia bask in the in the limelight of her, you know, last nine years of you know junior and and senior coaching with the women. So um, she's done a fantastic job, um, and yeah, I think like everyone's like really sad to see her go. Like the last two weeks with our celebrations on the weekends, um, everyone's just been so emotional because um, like I think. You know, that highlights like the impact that Georgia's had on the women's program. So should be really proud of yourself, Georgia. Thanks, Jakey. So the, you mentioned the celebrations over the last couple of weeks. So that's the other one I'm, I'm very interested to get some, some inside scoop on from both of you. We've seen Instagram light up with all sorts of stories, imagery, videos emerging from the the Mad Monday or Silly Sunday, I guess it was, celebrations on the weekend. Can you guys give us the inside the inside scoop on what was going on? Um, so the leadership group, with a bit of my professional help with Silly Sundays, um, we decided to go with a white lie T-shirt. So you basically have to write on a T-shirt something that's very obviously not true. Um, and some, some of the stuff that was written on there was actually pretty funny. So there was like Jakey's greatest forward coach of all time, which I think he stitched himself up. I think he's pretty good. Um, Vinny pretending, Vinny Arena, thinking that he's on doing every role next year. He's a sports trainer, <laughs> senior captain, women's reserves coach, PB's ball bitch. There's so much going on there. <laughs> He's got it all down pat. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some pretty funny ones. Girls that never make our circle time, saying that they're always there on time. Emma Haller pretending that she doesn't show up to a game at 10 o'clock when she only got home at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was pretty good. And it was, it was at the club rooms, obviously, big day of the celebrations. Yeah, we started at the knot and then from the knot we went to the club rooms and I think it just got messier and messier as it went on. Um, the girls are pretty know, known to play the game Rage Cage. And when you got the Premiership Cup with some pretty phallic straws in it, that's when, you know, it's just getting messy. Um, speaking of the 2017 Premiership Cup, I get it out as much as possible. You hadn't so, broken into Baffer headquarters and stolen the one you guys didn't manage to win this year, just as a bit of spiteful. <laughs> nah, I'd just go and buy myself a little mock-up one, I reckon. <laughs> There's an idea for next year. Uh, Jake, you, you're going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, um, I think, Georgia, what did you reckon about our entertainment for the night, our, you know, 
PSY impersonator doing Gangnam Style. Tiani, wear a spazudo. Yeah, she she's all on it. Uh, I'll wear a speedo, Tiani. She um she was up on the esky, and then last week she was up on the table singing Gangnam Style and. Fully gets the crowd the going. The like dance, the horse. Yeah, dance she move, fully gets uh, the dance moves going. So she's up on the table, and there's flashlights on, and the, the mosh pit, people bumping into each other. There was a bit of a, a wild circle going on on Sunday night as well. So she's got everyone everyone going. She gets the crowd going. Yeah, I think she knows that was a bit old for her, isn't it? Would have been would have been primary school just about for when that came out. I think I think yeah you're right on that one, but she uh, obviously loves loves the song um, many years later because she knows all the is it Korean lyrics? Is it Korean? I think yeah, Korean. Yeah, it's Korean. Yeah, so you know everyone yeah. probably knows the chorus, but you know she just rips out the verses even, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's in- impressive." Good party trick. We'll have to um, we'll we'll have to. We'll see who's going to match that this weekend when we have our end of year for the for the thirds. Um, so, Georgia, while we um, just quickly, and as I said before, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the season of the women's teams later. But um, uh, in the, obviously, didn't quite get there in the end, but highlight of the year on or off the field for, for you? Um, probably highlight of the year is that I sort of set out years ago to try and get as many people their first goals and pretty much everyone who played in my team this year kicked their first goal for Mazenod, which poor Tilly McKenzie, I was screaming her name out for about three weeks trying to get her a goal and then she finally kicked one, dodgy umpiring down the other end, said it was touched and I was livid but then about 30 seconds later, she turned around and kicked it. So that's probably the highlight. She's only a young kid, still in high school. So to see her kick a goal and everyone rally around her, I think that's probably what sets us up for the future going forward. And, yeah, that's just my highlight is everyone kicking their first goal and everyone's reaction to it. Yeah, that's good. It's, um, it's yeah, it's always a good feeling when you, you jag the first one. We had a couple of first goal kickers in our team this year and it's definitely that extra level of excitement. Um, so let's get a little bit into the teams of a couple of weeks since we kind of last updated. So we're in a bit of a funny phase of the year at the moment with the seniors and reserves obviously still going for a few weeks yet. The 19s are a week out from finals. We're obviously well and truly into the the thirds finals at the moment with the grand finals coming up this week and the, the women's uh, team obviously finished a week ago. So a um, bit, bit of a staggered finish to the year which which is a little different from probably what we're used to in years past um to to run through where the teams are at um we've all probably all seen a bit of them particularly with the staggered finishes so we've got a bit more availability to go watch the ones obviously really good winner over parkdale on the weekend really sets them up for a proper tilt at finals with two of the bottom sides to come in the last three games so destiny is well and truly in our own hands there you'd think at this point um Good momentum around at the moment, Jakey, for the seniors? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, it was good to, you know, see the the boys, well, seniors and reserves, win on Saturday against Parkdale at home. Um, we had to play them, obviously, probably like six, six to eight weeks ago now at Parkdale and just sort of snuck over the line, both teams. Um, so we were expecting a bit of, a, I think, a tough sort of hit out and, the Resis ended up absolutely tailing the opposition up after, you know, they thought potentially it was going to be a tough game. But um, it was probably good to see them actually, you know, put a team away like that because the last sort of five weeks um, they've had some close games. So it was good to see them put it together and not take the foot off the gas in the last quarter, which had sort of happened, yeah, in the last sort of fortnight. Um, but then the seniors, they just snuck over as well again against Parkdale. But I think, you know, it's those close wins that, you know, prepare you well for finals if, if you do end up making it. So um, I think they would have been stoked with that. And at the end of the day, you know, it keeps them in the hunt for finals. So um, it, was, it was good to see. 
Absolutely. As, as you mentioned, a huge win for the Resis. I think it was about 185 to 12 or 13 on the weekend. So another big percentage boost to there. And I think what's probably particularly pleasing across both sides is starting to get some players back from injury that have been out for a lot of the year. Obviously, co-captain Sammy Michael has made his return in the last couple of weeks. Um, Liam Riley coming back from a long-term injury. So obviously, players on the park always helps as well. And, you know, as is always the case, you, you get some some strength back into your seniors and it flows down into your resis as well. So puts us in a nice little position. Um, going to be tough, definitely. C grade at the moment. I think Monash played Hampton, who were first and second a week ago, and Monash won by about 100 points. So obviously they're definitely the team to beat at the moment. But um, we're, you know, we're in the mix in both and obviously the resis are still looking really good sitting undefeated. Um, as we we approach finals from three weeks from now. Um, the 19s being the other one, and obviously they had a really good win over the weekend, stitching up a final spot for them with one game to go. Um, obviously, they've started slowly and built as the year gone on and hit finals with a real heap of momentum. Yeah, it was it was good to see them um, on the weekend, early Saturday morning, Steve. Um, they sort of had the game in control. Practically, they kicked away um, before half time, and then sort of kept that six-goal buffer in the second half, which was really nice to see. Um, and, you know, we had our we had the usuals um, playing pretty well. Um, you know, Lockie Stewart and um, a few of the big forwards down there. But I forgot – I'm, I'm going to cop this from the 19s boys, but I forgot his, forgot his name, but number 38. So he, he's probably going to cop it at training this week and they're all probably going to call him number 38, but he was unreal down at full forward, kicked a few goals and was, you know, taking heaps of contested marks. So that was really good to see him. Um, I think, I think M. Haller's brother, Ben, might have snagged a little cheeky goal as well. I've got to give him a little shout out, but it was just great team performance. Um, it was both, sorry, the, 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 the team was running both ways really hard. So, you know, there was, It'd been a while since I got to see the 19s boys. And, um, yeah, just that ball movement was amazing. And hopefully they can, you know, do some damage come finals time because Hampton were fourth on the ladder and Masnod were, were third and we just comfortably put them away. So I think, you know, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I think it looks like a three-horse race in the 19s division at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously one game to go, we play old Halebury, who, who are sort of down the bottom end of the table as well. So uh, you'd expect we'll we'll go in, well, we will go in third. I think that's that's blocked away now. So, yeah, it should be a, should be a good final series the week after next that um, hopefully the boys can run pretty deep. Um, so then obviously we've we've talked uh, a little about the, the thirds, but the, the two third sides obviously made finals uh, with the finals kicking off after the shorter seasons a couple of weeks back. Uh, the Whites, first of all, um, went down in their second, or their first semifinal, I should say, um, against Old Paradians, who ultimately won through to the grand final. So they're a pretty strong outfit. The boys had a crack, but were just probably outclassed on the day. Um, out at some random oval, Garvey Oval or something, I don't know what was going on there. I had to get on the ring road to get there. So it's clearly not a good place to have a football ground. It's too far away. Um, if anyone works at the VAF for listening to this, feel free to take that feedback on. We're a southeastern suburbs league, please. Just keep them out this side of town. That would be that would be great in future. But um did did make the trip out. And yeah, it was a it was look, it's it's been a fantastic year, I think, for the Whites. You've obviously played a little bit of footy with the Whites over this year, Jakey, and it, it was a a team of guys that a lot of them hadn't played much football before, certainly hadn't played together. Obviously, it's a new team that we've added this year where we sort of got some really good numbers through the the thirds and we've been able to split it into two teams. Um, it was, you know, I think phenomenal achievement for Tom DeYoung and, and Josh Kawaji, who was a instrumental, you know, in putting it together and getting a lot of his mates down for the side to make finals. Um, and obviously, you know, hopefully we, we keep the majority of them next year and they go around and they're only going to be bigger and better for the experience of this year. Yeah, for sure. I think um, like you could probably almost call that team Mazenod slash Bunnings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, that's a bit of an inside joke for anyone uh, out there. But yeah, JK got a lot of his mates from Bunnings down and I think there's about 16 blokes that work together <laughs> that are in that team. So it's, it's quite... Um, funny story but 
it's great that they all committed to the year. And um, like you said, Steve, I reckon like they're only just going to go along in leaps and bounds if um, everyone comes along next year. Cause like some of those players I saw were very good. And, you know, like even though you can teach people to get better at skills, but you can't teach people sometimes to go hard at the football and all those blokes went really hard at the footy. So there's lots of like room for improvement, which is, it's exciting. Yeah, could, couldn't agree with you more. And it is, it's funny you mentioned the Bunnings group because it was a funny little sort of team in that um, there was obviously the big group, I think it was about 16 of them from Bunnings. So obviously just all, if they had the Bunnings shift on a Wednesday, zero people are training. If they had the Bunnings shift on a Thursday, there's 40 people are training. Um, there's the Warriors, the, the other kind of little mini group within there, the, the Gridiron Warriors team. So Fitzy and Phil Gilbert, who's the brightest colour-wearing person at the club bar none um obviously grant lee who who plays a little bit then you had the 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 kind of well there's a split a bit across the teams but then you had the family so you have the giulianos who played a bit in the whites this year chrissy miranda played a bit there ricky ruffalo played a bit there um uh it's yeah great I, i think it's been one of the one of the awesome things about having the four sides is gives us a little bit more flexibility and therefore gives people the chance to play with a group of their mates. Um, you know, footy's obviously we're here to win, but also it's, it's a social experience. And yeah, one of the things I think that's been amazing this year is given us the opportunity to get groups of mates down together who can play or can play in the same team. So yeah, really, really, really successful year and um, don't see any reason why we wouldn't be going around with four sides again next year. So onwards and upwards on that front. Um, the the other one, obviously, being the Blues, the thirds Blues. So that's that's us. Um, we won the second semi two weeks ago, so straight through to the grand final. Who will play against Williamstown this Sunday morning? Trevor Barker Oval, eleven forty five. The Williamstown side sat undefeated top of the ladder until the last round when we knocked them off and relegated them to second, and then we backed it up again the next week and beat them in the second semi. So. Yeah, really, it'll be a really good contest. Clearly, the two best sides all year through the season. They got our measure early in the year. We got theirs late, and we'll we'll go back and do it again on the weekend um, with obviously a premiership up for grabs. Really good, um, really good year. Obviously, whatever happens this weekend, but similar to what we said with the Whites, it's been fantastic. Just some of the groups of guys that have been able to come down, play with their mates. Um, there's obviously a group of guys who've been around the club for a long time, probably myself included in that group, but we've played a heap of footy together and, you know, obviously a great opportunity for us to try and win a flag. Um, you've had the groups of the guys like the the Caffreys, the Bamblets, the Clavenses, um, the Benny Parkers who played a lot of footy and, you know, a handful of them still around who will get their chance this week. And then there's some of the newer groups. The um, I mentioned Ricky Ruffalo earlier, but there's, there's kind of a, we don't have really a name for them yet, but there's the, Taz Ronopoulos, the Christian Paredes, the Adrian Mazios, the Josh Mazios, who kind of, I think we found them just kicking in a park at the start of the season and managed to recruit them down. And they're the mafia. Yeah, I th- well, I don't know. Whatever it did, it's work because they're very good footballers and um, and they've been huge contributors this year. So um gives them a chance to kind of play footy together. So, yeah, it's been – it's great. And obviously we're, we're, yeah, looking forward to having a crack at it this weekend. How are you feeling, Jake? You obviously you're wearing the brightest jacket I've ever seen, so I'm guessing <laughs> that's some sort of pregame ritual. Or yeah, just you know trying to borrow a bit of flair off Phil, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's giving me a few tips. But yeah, feeling excited. Um, teams haven't obviously been released yet, but I'm fingers crossed I can sort of slip in there. Um, I think, yeah, we, if we play anything like we did against him in that first final, um, we'll be in with a great chance. Like like you said, I think the contrasting thing between both of our teams is that they're a bit more physical and um, we we love sort of, you know, spreading the ball, getting on the outside, running. So um, I think Trevor Barker over will be a perfect opportunity for our team to hopefully play to our strengths and we can get the win on Sunday. It it will definitely the ground will suit us and um, the coach my father within about twenty minutes of the fixture being announced was in the car driving out to Trevor Barker Oval to have a look at the conditions, had the tape measure in the car to try and figure out the dimensions and figure out the wind and all that sort of stuff. So 
the report he sent back was positive that where he's like grounds in perfect nick spaces look big wings look big i think it's going to suit us so um he's obviously very happy with the fixturing but yeah it'll it'll yeah it, as you said it's we've, we've we've knocked him off a couple of times in recent weeks so we've just we know we've got you know it's completely in our hands we've just got to rock up and do the same again bring our best game and results should take care of itself um the the, the other kind of, uh, I mean, just, well, you know, we don't often have grand finals to preview. So just kind of, you mentioned teams obviously haven't been announced yet, but it is a, it, it's, it's a, it's a challenging one, obviously this year, because we've had a few guys coming back from injury through the finals. So you're, you usually like in final series to go in with a very stable lineup, but obviously a couple of guys who have injured themselves late in the season. So they, kind of working their way back in. Um, the the two notables, Dan Andrew, who did his fourth hammy or fifth hammy for the year, but has very took very precautions, take a bit of time. I think he he he's becomes available. And then Jamie Satraro, who unfortunately got a bit of a head knock, friendly fire too from Joel Caffrey in the last game. Um, concussion, obviously the three weeks between that though has has given him a chance to kind of recoup and recover. So um, he, he comes back, so yeah, it will be it will be an interesting selection. There'll be some very un- unlucky people, obviously. Um, I clearly don't have enough confidence in my spot in the team either because I did that happy <laughs> and just refused to <laughs> refused to miss any games because I was worried I wouldn't get my spot back. But now, um, but yeah, so it should be. I think lucky man. Um, obviously, my cousin who plays on a wing, a little bit of a hamstring in the last game, so he's he's another one's kind of against clock. So yeah, it's it's interesting. They're always interesting grand final weeks, but there's obviously a bit bit still up in the air around team composition. So, yes, it will be interesting to see the team come out kind of Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it's exciting. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get the dub. But, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be my first grand final if I ended up playing um, since under 14. So I haven't actually – I've never won a footy grand final. So oh, this, if I end this up is... on the team. This is your chance. Well, didn't we? We discussed on the last Nodcast, didn't we, your fateful decision to take a year off when all your mates won the under-18s premiership? <laughs> yeah. That, so, was, uh, that was my biggest biggest regret. Biggest regret, sorry, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, this yeah, this is your chance for retribution. And it, it's, it is amazing the... Some of the stories, obviously, you know, every every t- season starts out with a heap of teams, and there's a they're full of a bunch of individual stories. But you know, obviously, yeah, you're you're having a crack at winning your first. I think there's a couple. What one in particular, Scotty Veltman, who um, yep. former VAFA rep player, played a lot of ones football, um, teams of the years, all that sort of stuff. He's he's in his forties. He's been playing for twenty plus years at the club. Never played in a grand final before. Um, the one time he could have played in a grand final, he did his hammy the week before. Um, they were going to kind of carry him through and he put his hand up on the Thursday and said, it's not right, like, leave me out. I don't want to take someone's spot. And so he gave up his one grand final chance, which at the time I think he thought, oh, I've got plenty more. 15 years later, still hasn't played in one. So he'll um, he'll, he'll line up for his first one of the weekend. So, yeah, it's a, as I said, every side's got him, but... It's it's great the uh you know all the individual stories that, that get combined together so should be should be a very exciting weekend. Um, the other one, of course, which we we touched on at the top in Georgia, you've had a front row seat to this year uh, to them this year is is the women's teams who both of which made the finals, um, both of which got two weeks into the finals and unfortunately neither neither were able to get through to a grand final. So maybe let's start with the seniors. Uh, obviously, the seniors, um, really good win in that first semifinal, getting themselves a, um, a, a shot at the prelim, just couldn't quite get the job done there. How did you see the women's seniors season? Well, they almost snagged the actual win on, in the um, prelim. I thought Charlotte Skinner was going to grab everyone and put her on her shoulders and carry them across the line there for five minutes of footy. She, I, don't, I haven't seen five minutes of football that that's been that good since Stewie Jew in the 2008 grand final. Like <laughs> She just absolutely came out and was kicking them from everywhere just to try and get the girls up um, and Claude Maguire as well. So I thought those two were really influential in that finals, in the last game of the finals. But they, they just missed it and it was a bit heartbreaking to be honest because 
we had all the momentum, I think 30 seconds we would have won it. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Georgia. Like, I think that's a good way to sum it up, heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, I think, like, it's obviously, like, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Like, you know, Stella and the rest of the coaching group, we spoke about, like, obviously we needed to, you know, change our game style in that last quarter if we are going to have any chance of winning and decided to, you know, every every kick had to go into the into this midfield. Oh, sorry, not into the midfield, sorry, through the, through the centre of the ground. And we looked like a completely different team in that last quarter and just couldn't actually you know, kick that last goal to get us over the line. But, um, you know, maybe that's something we can take into next year, that um, desire or that need, you know, sometimes to be more attacking. And, you know, it actually was exciting to see us be able to accomplish that in one quarter and, you know, ask the girls to, or the women, sorry, to do that. And they actually were able to achieve it, but unfortunately not win the game. So, um, yeah, great season overall. Still, um, obviously, the next week, um, Parkdale, who we just lost to in the prelim, got beaten pretty comfortably by some beads who were the, the strongest team all year. They fair to say they always look pretty deserving to win it. Yeah, they went undefeated. They've got a couple of VFL girls running around in their side. Um, and yeah, they've just had strong talent, I think. If you look back in the history of the St. Bede women's side, they've all played together and grown up together. They've probably had 10 or 12 girls running around in the AFLW now. So they've got a, had a strong program for years. So that's always hard to beat when they have the junior affiliation going straight into a senior club. Mm. Um, so their reserves coach is actually sisters with one of the best players in the seniors. So they just have really strong connections overall. Um, I personally thought our seniors could have beaten them. Um, if anyone was going to give them a crack in the in the grand final, I don't think anyone else would have had it up to them. But, yeah, we just unfortunately fell short of that opportunity. Yeah. The, um, the resis, obviously we talked a little bit about it earlier, but fantastic season, home and away, went through undefeated. What happened come finals time? Oh, we just... I think a lot of inexperience when you put the girls out on the park and most of them are in their first season, They all they know is winning for 14 games and then you get into final, there's a bit of nerves, a bit of pressure. And, yeah, they just were very nervous. And I have a very young side. Um, so dealing with that pressure is the hardest part and learning how to cope with it. If you take Cass and Pete out of those numbers, then we definitely have a young side. They yeah. had to age up a little bit. But... <laughs> yeah, I think we just couldn't couldn't get it forward of centre. And when we did, we just didn't use use it that well. And, um, yeah, the, it's, it's like anything. It's the wrong time to lose. It's the wrong time to have a bad, bad two weeks. But, yeah. Well, Georgia, do you think sorry, – sorry, Steve. Sorry, Georgia, do you think um, as well like, – I, I think you guys – you know, did fantastically well despite what the scores sort of indicated in both of those finals games. Um, like, you know, it probably, sh you know, tells or shows what type of, you know, coach and person you are that you wouldn't bring this up. But, you know, Richmond did, you know, once the seniors knew that they weren't going to make finals, which was quite early in the season, they actually dropped a lot of their ones plays to qualify for the resis. Do you think, like, what sort of impact did that have? Like, be honest, like, it's fine to say oh. that. Oh, massive impact. I think we sort of knew if we didn't win week one, we we're going to struggle week two because St. Beads and Hawthorne didn't have, weren't going to have someone be playing the next week. And that is the hard part is that we have to manage to try and get two teams across the line week one and week two where Richmond only had to worry on one team. And they did the same thing as what we did in 2019. With the reserves, we won the first final, but you can't win the second. So I think at the end of the day, we, as a club whole, we definitely achieved a lot more than what yeah, Richmond Central did. I wish we would have achieved what St. Beads did, going the double flag. But, yeah, I think it's hard to coach against. And we always say in the reserves land that you can only control the controllables. And unfortunately, that was taken out of our hands. 
But if I if I was the coach and seniors weren't making the finals, I'd be asking all for all the players back to start qualifying them as well. So I don't really blame them either because <laughs> like 2019, I had Steph Smith running around in my side, um, Matty Parlo, all that coming into the last few weeks of the season. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's football karma at the end of the day. <laughs> so well, that's, that's the-, the other question it raises to me. So St. Bede's, they've, they've obviously finished third. Then they've won 120 to nothing in the first final and then come out and belted us in the second final. Obviously, they did win the grand final as well the third week. But what did they do? Did they stack their side as well or something? Like how do you go from sort of normal team to suddenly go on berserk in finals time? Well, I think they just had – the VFL players were still clearly contracted to VFL clubs and they were getting regular games. And then when they come back, that basically pushes two midfielders down and I think their coaching style is very much a forward's a forward, a defender's a defender and a mid's a mid. So we started to see a lot more skilled defenders and forwards coming down if a better player comes in. And I think they just started to get in their strides a lot. So they actually beat Richmond in the last – um, round of the season mm. and they I I knew that they were going to be trouble they were always going to be the trouble side they almost beat us a couple of weeks beforehand we just held on by the skin of our teeth um, I don't and every time that they really copped a loss if you look at their team they might have only had like 18 girls 19 girls and that's been a regular throughout the late season for all the reserve sides is we just haven't had full sides even in finals, I still couldn't get a full list on the park. It's running around with 22, 23 rather than the 24. So, yeah, I just think that they they just have the depth. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, it, it's, it's a, a funny year because we'll look back and obviously COVID didn't interrupt the year at all, but it really did because the amount of people that were out sick and all those sorts of things through the season, like you just saw it in... Many leagues, like we had reserves for getting forfeits. You know, we had forfeits in our grade. There were teams not being able to field full sides across all the teams, which sort of never happened before. Certainly, it was the first time I've ever experienced a forfeit in my playing career. So it is a, it's a very different year. And obviously, you get to finals if you've got everyone available. It's a bit of a different proposition than round seven when you've got 17 players to start with kind of thing. Exactly. Well, so where where do the where does the girls program get left now in terms of what does next year look like? You know, talent coming through. Who are some of the names to watch? Um, well, George, I reckon there's a there's a fair few in your team that probably you know had some promising games and even really like the girls who showed talent in in the races early in the year actually got rewarded and ended up playing seniors probably so. You know, that's a great thing about the women's program. I think, you know, if you end up playing well, you get the opportunity. So, like, who, who would you say? Maddie, Maddie Noon, um, Maddie, Maddie Bunter. Who else is there? Uh, Rosie. I think Rosie had a great season overall in defence. Um, from not knowing, actually, hadn't played the sport before and she came in and just was willing to learn. And I think learning defence, especially being thrown in as a key defender at like five foot seven <laughs> when you're playing six foot one girls um, isn't always the easiest. I think she'll definitely be playing some senior footy next year. Tilly McKenzie will be playing senior footy. It was good to see like Kiara get rewarded pretty early on. I think she won us a few matches for the reserves and then she came out and won the match for the seniors as well. Oh, she won a few but games I think for that the young set. <laughs> so she... Um, yeah, there's just like that depth in that age bracket of we have that 18 to 23 age bracket depth again where we sort of lacked that for a little bit. We had 18-year-olds and the 21-year-old age group and then it went up into like 26, 27s, then you're over 30s, which now there's probably more depth across that whole age bracket. You've probably got three girls of each age in each um, group. So, but yeah, I think it's definitely... It's definitely going to be a lot of talent. I think the seniors will definitely be top two next year. I can't, I don't see them dropping by 
what talent we have. I think there was just a couple of unfortunate losses. We probably deserved that second spot. But, yeah, I think that's where we currently sit. Georgia, do you think, like, obviously, you know, you've we've mentioned about your departure at the end of this season, but, like, you know, looking at some of the, you know, pathways for the future for the women's program, like this year we had the Waverley Park Hawks girls train with us, train with us sorry, a few times or vice versa. Um, I think those girls have maybe next year as their final year of juniors and then hopefully they'll come across. What do you think that sort of means for the future? Yeah, I think we just have to get them in for one or two senior games and give them just a taste of senior footy. Like, I know when I was 16 and I played my first senior game, you didn't actually want to go back to juniors. I think you just wanted to keep striving for that senior game. So I think if you show them the chocolate, they'll come following it. But, yeah, I think I think that's probably – if we can get two, three girls each year from Waverley Park Hawks, in and then still have development areas of other sports coming in, then that will help massively. But, yeah, we'd still just – I'd like to get a few more past players who have had a year off back and just get them back in for one or two more seasons And because if we can get the depth back as well as a couple of leadership people and then some younger girls in, then we'll have everything to go forward. And definitely upwards. What do you do? Like, obviously, turnover is quite high in in women's football, probably compared to what we're used to in men's. Like, how do you how do you address that over time? Because obviously, it's it's you've got a group of people who just kind of carry through, but then you get people who come and go a lot more frequently. Is there a way of like what do you think causes that, and is there a way of trying to address that? Because I'm guessing the most the, the most successful clubs, obviously, is top-end talent stuff, but there would also be people that have kind of played together for a long time and they develop year on year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you see females. Females can't go to the toilet by themselves. They have to take four <laughs> of their mates to go to the toilet. So <laughs> by that theory, if they go to football, they need four of their mates there. And um, I think that's just like even me coming to Mazenod, it was only till my sister said, well, I'm not doing it unless you do it. Meanwhile, I knew probably 15 girls there already. Um, yeah. It's just it's just that they've got to come in groups for the social angst. It's not like the boys where they just are watching a team kick football and ask if they can join in. Um, but I think success is a massive one. Like the 2018 season was sort of hard to rebound from just because we were in the wrong division. It's mm-hmm. completely out of our hands. And then... We're building back towards that now and then COVID hit. Um, so if we can just get that. And we have a lot of nurses, teachers and girls that want to travel. They missed out on their Kentikis and all that. So, and they like to go right in the middle of football season. But well, yeah, It's Europe- just- European summer. I can't argue with oh, that. Yeah. We, we, we lose them everywhere in the club too. It's not just the women. <laughs> so if we can, if we can just get that tight enough but it's just a flexibility thing with coaching I think is that you don't know <laughs> who's going to be here for what part of the season or when and if you can only secure them for four games get them for four games like even Julia Bortoli this year she actually lives in South Australia and was <laughs> flying in and out um, to play games yeah that's so she flew, she moved over to South Australia at the start of the year and she flew in for training Thursday night and then we played on the Sunday or Saturday and then she flew back out. You're kidding. All year. All year. She was a FIFA player. So What? That's and, amazing. So that's that's her level of commitment. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it just comes in dribs and drabs, unfortunately, with turnover. Happens with AFLW, like there's so many girls that are just dropping out because they just don't want to play. And yeah. they need to work. So if it's at the high level, it's going to be at the local level. So yeah. Wow, that's fantastic about Jill Bertoli. I cannot believe that as it come to our attention earlier. She's done that for all season. <laughs> is she is she moving back or is she like going to do that forever? Or like... no, she lives over there with her partner. So wow. yeah, we, even on the weekend, I think Richmond Central would have liked a Julia Bortoli because they kicked they kicked the ball after the siren right from the spot that she did at no Alston Wick Park. 
and the beats and beads and missed. Oh yep. no. And wow. they missed and I sent it in a group chat with Jules and she goes, That that anger still um that angle still gives me nightmares. <laughs> so but yeah. Wow. Well that's fantastic. Georgia, just uh while we're on the sort of topic of the women's footy still, like I know you're obviously stepping away from the coaching stuff for this year and you know rightfully so you've dedicated a lot of time to it um but like do you ever see you know you're, you're only how old how old are you georgia 26 you still you're still 25 young. 25 yeah, still oh, geez, you're still a baby do you like you know you obviously pulled the the boots on for that one game and you know even though you said you were unfit and ridiculously sore post game um i actually saw a few you know, chains you were involved in and even that one you were involved in to kick your goal was, was you know, very good to see and highlighted the, the talent you still have. Um, so, like, did that sort of, you know, get a, give you the itch to play footy again maybe in a couple of years or, you know, when, when you feel a bit more rested? When you yeah, don't have to climb ladders my... for work? Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I if I do get my body in a better position, I definitely do it. But I I actually don't have an ACL in my knee, PCL, all that. Still have to have my knee reco. I didn't do it because I was finishing my apprenticeship, so I probably shouldn't have played. Um, but I did it just just for laughs and because I've been promising it for so long. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely will go back to coaching. I definitely see myself at Mazenod just in a couple of years. But I just. I just needed a break and thought I'd call it now um, and then we'll be a supporter for a bit. But like anyone, I'm not a very good supporter. I'll be back out there doing something next year for sure. I'll be goal umpiring or running water or doing something like that. But I hear there yeah, is I'd... a potential vacancy as goal-kicking coach if you wanted to <laughs> sort of throw your hat in the ring for that one. Also, by the way, if you, you've got your glass half full. If you're missing an ACL, it means you can't tear it. So... Think about the positives. I'd be, I'd be back. What, what are George, you going to do? Is there you got you got Georgia, um, also, Georgia? Seriously, while we're on this topic, like it's really sus that you've stepped away as three AFL coaching gigs have just opened up. Like what <laughs> Essendon, Kangas, we got GWS. Like, have you got yeah, a look strong connections call? at Giants? You're going to do a Julia Bortoli and fly in and out every week? or Oh, yeah. Look, my my cousin was contracted there for a few years and same with my uncle, so I know a few connections up there. Wait, what's his name? Tom Scully? Tom Scully? What? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely won't be be coaching AFL anytime soon. Um, Not with that attitude. Yeah, no. It's very sus. Just just to get my manager on it and look after that. But, yeah. so what will you do? Are you, are you gonna? Will you? Are you just gonna purely be a supporter, or is this some sort of cagey? I'll come on the Nodcast, give away nothing, and then the press release will come out tomorrow that I'm coaching over at St. Beads or something. Oh God, no! <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not coaching. Um, no, I just reckon I need a weekend free. I think so for especially like. 2016, 17, 18, I was coaching 12 months of the year with our Sandringham Dragons and Danny Stingray's groupies that they played in the summer. So I was coaching 12, 12 months. Um, um, but, yeah, I just really haven't had a weekend and I stupidly got into golf. I'm learning how to play golf at the moment. So Ooh. I feel like digs with that excuse. What are you, what, uh, are you going to play handicap? golf? Nah, no, not yet. Not still, yet. still learning to swing it the right way. Um, right. Well, don't, yeah, don't follow D's then, because that won't help you. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to learn that for a little bit, and then like just be an auntie for like my two nieces are only young, and I don't really get to see them that often. So go up there. I've got to spend even the last couple of days. I've got to see them a bit because I'm working up near them, and just yeah. Actually, go and watch an AFL game, watch a rugby game, watch a netball game. I'm gonna able to attend them whatsoever. So, yeah. Would you, would you would you would you take a bit of money? You know, apparently Cam Smith, the Aussie golf, has been offered 100 mil to go to the the Abu Dhabi Sheiks Live Golf competition. Would you would you be up for that or? 
Oh, absolutely. You'd be dumb not to <laughs> 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 set your rest of your life up with that. Um, and, yeah, the PGA is well, the PGA. He, he copped a two, two-stroke penalty the other day just so he didn't end up world number one. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, yes, I... I, I I'm sure Jake will say it if I don't because he said it 15 times already on the call, but um, well done. You've done a great job. You've been a great, uh, had a great impact on the club over the last few years. So we'll miss you, but obviously we'll, we'll see you down there starting this weekend where you and all other supporters will see down at the, uh, at the the double header, the seniors on Saturday and then the big clubbies grand final on Sunday. Um, the Speaking of exciting things in the near future, we have obviously... We, we, we bill it up all year, but it's almost upon us. And I would be remiss to not spend appropriate time on this. We've got the big M factor coming up. We're only, as we record this, I think about 11 or 12 days away. 11, I think, on that's is correct. A lot of, lot of excitement. And I think, interestingly, this year, with some of the teams already being finished, giving particularly the women's teams absolute uninterrupted pre- preparation time to get their acts right, to get there and also a bit of a cone of science. There's no training. There's no people kind of trying to get in your ears. So what are you guys hearing? What's, what can we expect? What can the, the hundreds of people buying their tickets on the, on the website at the moment expect for Saturday week when they rock up to the Glen Waverley community center, I think it is. So it's already big because we've, we've outgrown the club rooms. Yeah. So I've heard that Blair's doing um, like a live Bindi Irwin show with all the animals. Um, so that's why we had to actually put it at the community centre because I'm not sure Central Reserve will hold like crocodiles and everything really well. So oh yes, she she the just needs a bigger stage. Insurance is a bit higher. Yeah, the old the old insurance word, and I think that's why she's going to do that. So I I've heard snakes, eagles, Ooh. koalas, everything. So expect like a full Irwin performance. I even heard that she's got the car keys on and there's going to be a few people dressed up as you know rob Irwin and terry so yeah oh very good hopefully no stingrays as part of the act <laughs> just I mean, I, we want it it's 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 a it's a talent night not a not a sort not of a heartbreaking one yeah exactly so too, let's too, soon, Steve. too soon too soon it'll forever be too soon he was he was a great man <laughs> Um, that will be very exciting. I've I've been I've been waiting for some animals to make their way to the stage. That's about the only thing we haven't seen over the years is some sort of livestock getting involved. <laughs> Jakey, what, what about you? Have you you got well, much? I heard um, apparently like I, this is sort of like I'm, I'm going to keep this one like under wraps because I don't want to wreck their performance. But there was a group of women's players apparently under the guise of um one of the girls having their birthday pre-drinks on saturday night they all met together but apparently who knows if it was for her birthday because apparently they practiced their act on saturday night before they went out so i don't Mm. know were they were they sort of just like trying to keep it under wraps like what's going on there it's good it's it's like repetition is the key to success at anything so uh, and obviously they're practicing on a saturday because they're going to perform on a saturday like it's about getting your week right you know like it's a so it sounds like they're serious contenders can you can you share who any of them are um maddie noon m halla um yeah there's a few of the names i can drop interesting and and it's a big kind of few people in the act because we've obviously already we've broken the story Already on the Nodcast in a previous episode about the um, the Wellsford Brady Bunch style family singers, the Wellsford family singers who are obviously going to perform all together, which 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 is is one big group act. So interesting that there's another one. Um, very much looking forward to this one's been around for a while, but we obviously know about the halls, um, about Peter and Simon who have been growing their hair in unison for 18 months now in preparation for, I believe it's some sort of Van Halen or Kiss style act up on stage. So very much looking forward to that. Um, still a few mystery acts though. Haven't seen a full lineup yet. So very I've heard Tom, Tom McKenna reprising his um, 
Mr. Maz performance from 2018, I think. Oh, no. Something oh. something along the lines of Rihanna's S&M chains oh. and boots. Oh no! I thought we had to we had to re like change the the um like the you know what is a parental guidance rating for the event after that one last time we basically had to bump it up a couple of years for entry following that so oh, well look looking forward to seeing that come back again I guess maybe it might be like a PG version or something like maybe. Captain Fe- Captain Feather Sword Sword like whips <laughs> or chain. <laughs> it might be, I don't know. He's had four years to perfect it. So, um, yeah, well, and, he, and he, we know he does love sort of being a bit of an actor, getting up on stage and playing another character. So, oh, any any excuse to get the rig out. And, you know, like with the acting, like he obviously likes to put on makeup. He's been putting a little bit under one of his eyes the last few weeks, like some like, I don't know, it's been like, you know, like the, the goths or like the, the emo look from like the early two thousands. Like not not the teardrop. He hasn't got yeah. like the like the My Chemical Romance or AFI little sort of trickle yeah. down the face. Look, oh, no. It looks like that, but it's only on one eye. So it looks so weird. I don't know what he's trying to oh. achieve there. Wow. I thought when you started, I thought you were going with like the Tom Brady, you know, quarterback black lines on the face. I don't know what is it supposed to do. Is take the glare out of your eyes or something? But no, this is proper emo, proper goth. Yes, it- yeah, it's like a bit smoky, you know, that like the dark sort of like, <laughs> what's it called? Eyeshadow or something? The smoky eye. Yeah, yeah. Sm- smoky eye. <laughs> wow. Good, well, yeah, good, good on him. Um, I would probably drifted a little bit into whispers here because this is very whispers territory, but I did have a follow-up on a whisper from a couple of weeks ago. I just thought it would be appropriate to share with with our audience. And uh, those who are, who are avid listeners of the show will remember um, Jamie Sotraro, third's third player who um, we revealed on a, on a recent episode, I think it was the last episode, um, always plays with a garter under his sock from he picked up at a wedding at some point, um, always just like a bit of a superstition type thing. So he, I mentioned earlier, got injured. Um, that was actually the week after we revealed it on the Nodcast. He confessed post-game he got really embarrassed by it being revealed, didn't wear it that week got knocked out, first concussion of his career. So he's he's firstly admitted that he didn't wear it, but secondly, he's sworn he will never, ever play football again without that data in his sock. Wouldn't tell me still where it came from, though. So th- there's just a little <laughs> thought for you. Don't mess with the curse of the Nodcast because um, sometimes we can get you injured and sometimes we can get concussed if you if you sort of, yeah, just, I don't know, listen to us because it's basically the moral. <laughs> don't mess with the whispers. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, have, have you guys got any other whispers? Yeah, I got I got a good one from um, Thursday night. Apparently, um, this bloke likes to run the social events. Um, he was we had we had the burgers, chicken burgers, on Thursday night after training for dinner, and he uh, was he was a bit occupied talking to people in line, and he's he's taken the slice of cheese out of the plastic, and instead of putting the um, cheese on the burger. He's put the plastic on the burger and the cheese in the bin and didn't realise until he sat down and bit into his, <laughs> into his chicken burger and, you know, it was like one of the turtles in the, the ocean at the moment. Just <laughs> one of the, for once, the turtle's eating some cheese and not getting stuck in the plastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Doing yeah. his bit for marine life. Oh, wow. There have been some good feeds lately, actually. Just just before we move off Thursday night dinners, <laughs> just a shout out to well everyone down there because the, there's there's obviously a fair few involved, but the uh, the the quality has just gone through the roof. It's it's been a I don't know if it's it's a result of the yeah the the, the model of having a different team do it every week or, or what it is, but I think it's Helen Curran who's kind of running the show down there, but doing a doing an absolute brilliant job. Yeah. No, what's it? What's the uh, what's the that famous chef from England, Nigella? Is that her name? Oh yeah, Nigella Lawson. Nigella Lawson stats going on, I reckon. Yeah, I thought you were going the other famous British chef, um, Gordon Ramsay. I was like, oh, definitely want to get down and hear what's going on in that kitchen. Bit of abuse. Nah, she's too, she's too nice to be Gordon, but um, I did hear. I was cleaning my dishes on Thursday, and I did hear she was 
you know, telling the lovely birth story of Liam. So that was quite interesting, but I'll won't, probably won't repeat that on the podcast for Liam's, uh, you know, embarrassment, but it was pretty funny. Telling the other mums. <laughs> just what you want to hear while you're eating your dinner, I guess, or preparing the dinner. Um, yeah. Georgia, did you have a whisper? Yeah, I do have a whisper. Um, my succession plan is coming to light with my Ooh. coaching. I managed to secure two coaches. One may or may not be on this podcast, and the other one, I'm in. Last name is Arena, <laughs> like Tina. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think they're very keen to coach. So I think the girls will be in good stead, especially with two young gentlemen. Keeping them, keep them under wraps, and you would not have a more stretched team, warm-up team, <laughs> full backs kicking goals. It'll be chaos. So, so just, just, I mean, you clearly we're talking here about Vince Arena and Jake Charman. We, now you've got, you've got the the trainer element, as you said. So you're going to have a very limber team, very, very fit, well conditioned. Then you're going to have the goal-kicking prowess of a Jake Charman. What about the big stuff? You know, like which of them is going to make the boardroom calls around selection decisions? Which one's holding the board and yelling at the team when the team needs a bake at halftime? Who's going to do well, that? Well, I think, I think Vin will have to be the one who's like pointing at the board and Jake will have to hold it unless we get <laughs> Vinny a, a, a step stool to be a little bit taller. But, um, just so the, the girls at the back can see it. Um I don't know who would give a spray. I think probably, I think Vinny, Jakey. I think, I think Vinny, like Vinny. he's got a secret like main streak, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon he's got a little bit of white line fever. Um but I I don't know how Vin will go trying to tell twenty-four girls what they're doing wrong, because it doesn't work too well for a man to say it, but luckily enough I'm a woman, so I get away with it. Um, how does Sal get away with that? <laughs> Or is it, I is don't it know how anyone does it. It'd positive. be really hard. Look, if I was Stella, I'd just pick on the people I know and then leave the rest around it. Um, <laughs> like this, even as a, like some of my mates, I still would not pick on in that senior side because I reckon they'd give it back to me. Is, 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 um, is that what happens? Like, obviously, Deeg's coached for quite a while before Stella took over. Is is it like, yeah? Do you? you because I'm thinking of junior you know. footy. Yeah, like thinking of junior footy, right, where you've got a few superstars and you've got a lot of people who haven't played much footy. And I think the coaches kind of pick on the main people by example yeah. and everyone else kind of flows along. Is that is it a bit like that as well or is it a bit more sort of like yeah. just, yeah, so know, I copped a massive one from so. Yeah, I copped a massive one from Matt Backhouse in the 2017 prelim um, against Ajax, <laughs> basically telling me if I keep playing soft and someone's not on their butt in the next 30 seconds, I'll, I won't be playing in the grand final. Um, what did you do? Did you knock him over? And like, oh, no, I, I, I actually cleaned up one person who ended up being my TAFE teacher a couple <laughs> of years later. Um, I walked into the classroom and she goes, I don't like you. I don't like, know who you are. Obviously, that was the first time you did that course, but not the second one. Yeah, that was, that was one of the first times. So, yeah, <laughs> but... I think Claude just cut one from Deegs. I don't think Stell really gave many out this year. No, so no. I think I'm I'm the I'm the one that gives out the sprays the most. So, if Stel, if Stell tells me to go and give someone a bit of like a, a G up on the ground, especially if it's Nicola or Brighty, I'd I run over in their general direction, pretend like I'm saying something to them and then run away, run back, and then Stell's like, <laughs> Did you tell them? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I told him. I told him. Smart man. <laughs> Happy wife, happy life, Jakey. <laughs> exactly. yeah. That's great. I love hearing Matt Backhouse coaching stories, actually, because they're always very, very funny. And my fate, one of my favourites, anyway, is um, one of the thirds players who we talk a bit about on the Nodcast, um, good mate of mine, Pickles, Michael Pecora, who we went to high school together, so he's my age. Um, about, oh, it must have been three years ago because it was when Matt was coaching the 19s, so Pickles was 34. Um Pickles rocks up to training at the start of preseason, and Matt goes over and introduces himself and goes, "Oh, welcome down, mate. I'm the I'm the under 19s coach. Great to have you playing with us this year. You know, looking forward to get to know you. You know, did you come out of Mazenod last year? Whatever. Pickles, like, I'm 34. Well, it's like granted, <laughs> doesn't have any facial hair, 
has never been able to grow that, but still, um, and that's like, oh, all right, good luck. It's sort of <laughs> faded off into the background. So do enjoy that, especially Pickles does love it, seeing that around as president now, just that reminds him of it. But yes, he, he seems to be full of many good coaching stories that the press, which we'll get on obviously in a few weeks' time as we get to the business end of the season. We're looking forward to hearing from the press on the podcast. So good to just lay a few breadcrumbs ahead so he's got something to come back and retort. Yeah, yeah he's I a good think... coach, Matty. If if you ever want a cup of spray from someone, he's probably it because at least you get a hug after the game. I've had coaches <laughs> absolutely tear me shreds and then not not even look at me for a week. So, <laughs> And it was pretty funny after I bumped the chick. The runner comes out, Nipper, and goes, "Oh, Deeg said, just don't don't bump too too hard. That you you don't want to get in trouble or suspended or anything." I said, "Okay, run back and ask Matt what he thought of it, and then come back out to me." <laughs> Nipper did it, and it was along the lines of, "Yeah, do another one, get another <laughs> one in before the end of the game." So <laughs> Matt Matt was definitely like the naughty uncle on the side, trying to encourage us to do everything. Against what Deeg's wishes were <laughs> in regards to physicality. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, very good. Um, well, we, yes, we will definitely miss having you around the, the club as a coach next year, but I'm sure we'll see you around the, co- the, the co- in general. Um, thank you very much for joining us on the Nodcast again. I think you might be our first ever return guest. I didn't when actually I get on last year because I lost didn't my you? voice. Oh, that's and right. I well, went to come yeah. on and then. Once yeah, again, right. after celebrations, I don't have much of a voice, so it yeah, didn't get to go on last year. Oh uh, well, it's it's great to finally get you on. I uh, um, clearly never updated my notes the day you didn't rock up because I was like, oh, yeah, really <laughs> last year. Um, well, anyway, fantastic to have you. Um, good luck, obviously, to all our teams out there on the weekend, in particular us in the thirds. Hopefully, bring home <laughs> the first of a number of pieces of silverware for the Mazenod Football Club this year. Um, obviously. Looking forward to seeing as many of our supporters and, and teammates from the other sides down there Sunday morning at Trevor Barker and uh, and then back at the club afterwards, win, lose, or, well, it won't be a draw because we'll play extra time, but win or lose, we'll be back there <laughs> to celebrate the season that was. So looking forward to that. Um, thank you as always, Jake. Pleasure to have you, Georgia, and good luck to all the teams still playing this weekend. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Steve. Go nod. Luck this weekend. Yeah.